From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. Get angry about it. Scream. I mean, do whatever you can to get that negative energy out because it's a real blow when, when you're let go. Today on episode 60 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Cole Baker Bagwell. Cole left corporate America after a lucrative career spanning more than two decades. She leapt into the unknown without any certain revenue. Cole discusses the emotional fallout from going solo and provides great practical strategies to use your life purpose to get a new consulting business off the ground, even in a period of great disruption. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now, let's welcome Cole Baker-Bagwell. Cole spent two successful decades in corporate America partnering with the world's largest companies. She took the leap in March of 2019 and left at the top of her career. She launched Cool Audrey to change the corporate landscape by bringing mindfulness and kindness into business as strategic foundations. Cole, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. Oh, my, my pleasure, Cole. Why did you leave your corporate job at the height of your career? Oh, gosh, that's a great question. So, you know, I loved what I was doing. I enjoyed the people I worked with, and, you know, I love big business. So that was really fun. But there was this pull sort of that started happening about three years ago that I, I just simply couldn't ignore any longer. And the pull was, I realized people in business were suffering and I realized that they were super disconnected. You know, they were showing up and they had become commodities and they were undervalued. And I knew through the way that I had been working with my clients that at least I, I thought I had something that I could do about it to sort of change the landscape of business and to change this corporate culture and mindset. And that's really what it was about. And I knew that, you know, I was at a place in my career that if I had not left, then I may not have done it because uh, the term golden handcuffs is very real. And, you know, it provides a certain amount of comfort to folks. So I was at that place in time where I knew it was, you know, jump then or, or jump never. So that's why I left. Yeah. And this is so true. Like for many people, the sense of security with a paycheck, particularly if it's a sizable paycheck, that sense of security prevents them from doing something that they believe will be more rewarding yeah. and perhaps a better fit with their values. So, you know, I've had lots of conversations with people that have gone solo when they've been forced to, and it, they look at it as an opportunity when it happens, but the trigger is actually somebody else's decision. Like they don't have the, right. whatever it is, whether it be courage or whatever, they, they can't do it on their own. Like the, the paycheck is just too much of a, right. of the golden handcuff. You're totally yeah. right. Yeah. How did you have the wherewithal to actually <laughs> say, I'm, I'm going to stop getting this nice paycheck? <laughs> so I'm a planner. So I'll dial it back a little bit to 2008. You know, that was just a total dumpster fire for, for everybody. And I lost a lot of money back then. And I also realized that, you know, it, losing that money didn't kill me the first time. And so, <laughs> so it made me a little braver than I had ever been in my life just to sort of experience that, that downturn. 
But then it also made me very, very wise from a planning standpoint. And so what I did was about three years before I actually jumped, you know, when I began to feel this pull, I started creating a path. And and for me, that's everything to sort of manifest the path and then the possibilities are real. And so I started socking away money and, you know, we don't live a crazy, you know, lavish life. So talked with my family and said, listen, this is where we're headed. And so all of the decisions that we make from a financial standpoint, from this moment forward, we need to keep this goal in mind. It's it's my turn to do something that I really want and, and love to do and really need to do. So that was it. You know, I I did a lot of planning. I shifted my mindset at that point. And I began looking at all of the work that I was doing as learning, you know, sort of learning ground for the work that I wanted to do. So that was another big thing. And then the third thing was this mantra that I have that I've had for a long time that a fellow named Kobe Yamada authored. And he says, sometimes you just have to take the leap and build your wings on the way down. And from the very first moment that I saw that, which was probably 20 years ago, that just really resonated with me that you know you won't always know the path you can do your best but sometimes you just have to you just have to go for it and be brave and it was that combination of that pull and that planning and that manifesting of the path that made it possible for me to make that choice okay so you did have a plan yes did you have any clients <laughs> no when i left i had a company who said, we want to hire you, but I didn't have any clients. No, I left with zero. I didn't even have a website. I had my company name and I had secured the domain for it for 10 years. That's it. That's what I had. Wow. <laughs> so then, so how did things unfold? So it was a really interesting journey. The first day after I gave my resident, you know, after I left the Red Hat, which is where I was working, which was an awesome company, great folks. I remember my husband came downstairs and I was sitting at the kitchen table in front of my computer. It was like 7 a.m. And he said, what are you doing? I said, I have no idea. And I realized I'd become so conditioned to the corporate sort of modus operandi that I didn't even know what to do with myself, David. I was sitting there like completely dumbfounded that you know I went from working 60 plus hours a week to nothing just overnight. And so I took the next two months to really focus on myself, to clear some space. I did a lot of yoga and meditated a lot. I spent a lot of time outdoors. I, I jokingly say, but it is it is true. I had the best tan of my life. I let myself unfold and and I cleared some space so that I could begin to, you know, create the energy that was needed to build Cool Audrey. And so it took me a couple of months to sort of detox from just the pace of corporate America. And I guess it was around June, I started, you know, writing the content for the website. And then by July, it was ready and it was up. And then I got my first, I accepted my first client at the end of July of last year. And that's how it unfolded. And so it was really cool. I just, that beginning, those beginning stages were really cool. Yeah. So, so March through July, you had your own business and zero clients in July. You had your first client. That's right. Yep, that's right. At the end of July, I started working with them on July 23rd of last year. What were some of the biggest surprises that hit you like day one when you were not doing corporate anymore? <laughs> well, the biggest surprise was that 
I didn't know what to do with myself. And, you know, I, I've been practicing mindfulness for about 26 years. And so I thought I had, I was maybe in a better position than I actually was. So that was quite surprising. The other thing that was super surprising was, you know, after I sort of settled into it, right, settled into this decision that I had made, just the enormous sense of peace that I felt, this sense of alignment that I was honoring what I was put on this earth to do, you know, that I was brave enough to say, sure, yes, I'm going to trust myself. I'm going to go with what I was, you know, sort of built to do. And um, so I felt really proud of myself and felt this big sense of peace. I think I also felt this amazing sense of possibility. You know, I had worked for so long in the corporate space and, you know, for a variety of reasons, I've kind of had a chapter one and chapter two of my corporate experience. Chapter one was before my son was born. Chapter two, of course, was afterward. But I had spent so long there and I, I had to work all of those years to pay bills, to, you know, create a college fund, to do all the things we quote unquote have to do that I didn't really ever feel like I had a choice to do this thing that I really wanted to do. So I felt very free. And, and that was that was really surprising, just that how, how great it felt to be able to say yes. And how many years were you an employee altogether? Oh, gosh. I started working when I was in the corporate world when I was like 23 and uh, stopped when I was, well, <laughs> you know, I'm only 29, David. <laughs> so six years. It was, yeah, six years, just six years. That's right. They, they, we, we work in, you know, sort of light years here in my world, <laughs> dog years, whatever. Yeah. A long time, a long time, you know, it was a long time. And then I had a little break in between my two corporate chapters where I did own um, another little company. So I think, you know, within me has always been this the spirit of entrepreneurship. And, and I've heard a lot of people talk about what you need to build your own thing. And I think fundamentally, I, I've always been that person. And maybe that's why I struggled quite honestly in, in corporate America was I was always wanting to build something. You know, I saw possibilities. I wanted to build something. And I think I became frustrated many times with the bureaucracy and the inability for, you know, these big companies to move quickly and to sort of shift gears. And right. So, so yeah, a long time. Yeah, it's a pretty common sentiment. And, and, you know, for many of us, we reach a point in our lives where we just wish we had more control over what we were doing, who we were working with, who our clients are. And you really, you can't do that unless you work for yourself. It's true. Right. It's true. I, I was lucky enough a few years ago, back in 2014, I kind of had a nice mix of, of both worlds. I was asked to come join a startup and I was an early member of the startup and it was so much fun. And I think that's really what planted the bug mm. in my belly to, you know, to, to build. It reminded me of how much fun it was to build something. It's a blast. It is a blast. It definitely it's is. Blast. So Cole, how's it going today? It's going really well. So I just wrapped up um, my first full year of client work. I had three clients. I did some speaking. I loved that. It was it was awesome. And then I made the very deliberate choice this July because I began feeling that pull again. And I made the choice to take the next few months off and I'm actually going heads down to 
to focus on this book that I've been trying to write. And I, I say that with air quotes for about a year. I've made that commitment to myself to get this thing cranked out by the end of 2020. So, you know, we have all this time right now, right? This, some people are really struggling right now. They feel a little out of sorts. I am taking... I'm sort of capitalizing on this time, these next few months to say, all right, you know, first year of work went really, really well. Clients did great. Um, They benefited from everything I did, which was awesome. And now it's time to, to honor this other side of myself, which is, you know, to, to take this, this time and actually write this thing, collect all these thoughts, get them all in one place and, and see if it goes. So everything's going great. I love it. I love every day of my life. I mean, some days are scary. You know, some days are, I'm like, wow, I, it's another day that depends on me, but I'm happy and I'm doing my thing and it's a lot of fun and I can't wait to see what comes next. So tell me a little bit about the core of the actual work that you do. Yep, sure. So gosh, it's not a cookie cutter approach for any company, but fundamentally what I'm trying to do, David, is change the pace of people so that we can change the pace of business. And so what I mean by that is people are moving way too fast. You know, even still in the midst of COVID, it's it's true. So, you know, they're very distracted. They are multitasking. They're living in future instead of right now. And so all of these things impact the way that they show up at work when they get together with teams of people to engage. So my very first order of business is to you know, if I go in and work with a company, it's to understand, all right, let's figure out where we are right now and where you want to go and what the missing pieces are that you need in order to find your way there. So that's, that's kind of first is understanding the company and and where they are, where they want to be. The second thing is working with the leaders within these companies to say, okay, we need to roll up our sleeves and we need to strike a new, a new pace, a new way of being before we can actually go about changing the way that we are with one another. So I use mindfulness as a foundation to springboard all of the other good stuff. And, you know, the way that I I put the other stuff is it's in a way that corporate people tend to understand more easily. I help them bring EQ into the work that they do. So emotional intelligence by, I teach them how to access it and I teach them how to apply it in real time. So when we think about emotional intelligence, it's things like self-awareness, self-regulation, the ability to motivate people, uh, social skills, and, and of course, the, the word of the week right now, empathy. I teach them how to access those things in a very authentic way, and then how to apply those things in real time to change the business that they do, to change the experiences that they have. And then I kick it up a notch by bringing kindness into the equation because kindness is this gateway for so many possibilities. It is, you know, something that's been researched quite a lot lately. And what folks have found out is that kindness actually increases things like trust, collaboration, and innovation. And all of those things are the things that create the business outcomes that all of the you know executives and shareholders and stakeholders really want. So that's what I do. That's what I do in business. I'm I'm using mindfulness as a foundation to make EQ accessible and actionable, and then we kick it up a notch with kindness to make it even better. Sounds wonderful. And now you're working on the book. So what are you planning for the future? Well, I try to live in my moment right now. <laughs> so right now I'm writing a book. And after this, I will I plan to start taking 
actively taking clients again early 2021. So that's that's my horizon for right now. And I realize that, you know, cool Audrey will continue to evolve. I always tell people that that my job is to breathe life into her. I feel like cool Audrey is this thing that chose me. I do have this sense that that I will continue to build a community within Cool Audrey. And by that, I mean bringing talented human beings in who have different areas of specialty that are complementary to the work that, that I'm doing and bringing them in so that we can expand the offerings for Cool Audrey. I, I have a feeling that that will be very real in 2021. But for right now, it's book. For right now, it's continuing to you know, to manifest the things within myself that I need to manifest to be as effective as I can be when I meet with other companies and other folks. And then, you know, getting this out of my system, this book out of my system, I think once I do that, I'm going to be in a really good place to, to accept new work in early, uh, the early part of next year. Mm. And when you're ready to take on new clients, who do you think your ideal client will be? Mm, that's a great question. So, so it's not industry specific. I quite simply say that I want to work with companies who care about getting the important things in business right. I don't want to work with every company. There are some companies that would be horrible fits for the work that I do. I'm interested in working with like smart companies like Microsoft, Satya Nadella is amazing. Just the way that, you know, he came in and made that commitment to become a people first company instead of a product first company, which in Microsoft is all about products, right? He flipped that and turned it into people. There are a lot of great companies out there like that with really intelligent leadership. And that leadership is what's needed to really move a company forward. I always say that until you know how to bring people together, there's no way that you can move them forward. So uh, in a nutshell, I want to work with the intelligent leaders who understand that every single good and smart thing in business begins with people, that they are willing to make investments of time and money in their people, and, and not just the money, but rolling up their sleeves, giving attention to those people, going about to create change with intention. Those are the companies that I want to work with. And I know that you know, that there are smart folks out there. There are people who in earnest care about these things. And that makes me super excited. But anybody who doesn't care about those things, they're not going to be my, you know, even remotely on, on my radar of people that I would work with or even want to work with. Yeah, what, what you're talking about is serving leaders that have a particular set of, of governing values. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because values are one of those things, you know, we're, we're hearing it a lot on the news. We're seeing it in media everywhere. I see it on LinkedIn every day. People are talking about empathy and openness and transparency and integrity and all of these things. And they're all really lovely words and they're super important. But values are things that we hold dear in our heart. And they're so dear to us that, you know, they, they become our compass and sometimes our guardrails, depending on the situation. But they're the things that we, we live into in our thoughts and our words and our actions. We live into those things and we model them every day. So absolutely, leaders who, who say, look, these are the things that I believe in. And, and then I'm going to ask them to go a little further. I want them to look around you know, their world for evidence of those things, like where are they showing up and the decisions that they make and the processes they create and the policies that they create for their employees? You know, where are they showing up in, in, in the way that they serve their clients or innovate their products? So those are the types of folks that I'm really, really interested in and so excited about working with. And they're definitely out there. 
Absolutely, they're out there, right? Yeah. The collective consciousness is is there. And I believe that most people are fundamentally good and they want to do the right thing. I think that some some of those folks just get stuck. But yeah, I'm I'm so excited about the possibilities because I I also know, David, that there are a lot of companies that that have have also felt this pull. You know, they're starting to become aware. Their consciousness is elevating and and they just need a little push or they just need a little partner to stand beside them and say, okay, um, I'm ready, but now I, I don't really know what to do next. Can you help? And that's where I'm absolutely going to be able to say yes. Sounds great. Cole, what advice would you have for somebody who is going solo today? So I would tell them that, you know, share with them that planning is the most important part because, you know, if you have stress, uh, financial stress, if you have stress with your, you know, immediate family, conflict with yourself about what you're doing, it's it's going to be really hard. So I think that begin to to set the stones to create your path. So check out your finances, you know, get get all of those things under control, have a nest egg set aside so that you could be prepared to not work for, you know, a couple of years and, and still be fine. Talk with your family, make sure that they're all in if, you know, if that's your case so that you have that support on the days when things get a little bit rough. And then for me, I had to manifest. I, I spend a lot of time writing and for me, it's very cathartic. So I wrote down, you know, what do I want to build? And, and I sort of anchor it around three, three um, questions. Who am I serving? What do I want to do? And why does it matter? So I think for anybody that wants to go out on their own, if you can answer those three questions and you can really live into those things, you can do the planning from a financial standpoint and you can have that support from your family then you're going to be in really good shape to, you know, to start getting your groove on with your own, your own business. Yeah. And, and for folks that, that are not making the decision proactively to leave corporate America, but they, they are being forced out, you know, the, there's been a, a growing trend over the last number of years. And I suspect that this year it's probably going to leapfrog quite a bit. Yep. Uh, if it hasn't already. Is there any anything different you would advise them if they've already been pushed out and and they they know that their next step is going to be doing something on their own? Oh, absolutely. So it's a really different circumstance, David. And I lived this very closely with my best friend. She was very suddenly uh, asked to leave her company. And I mean, you know, she had come off this major high stretch with them. Like she was leading all this great stuff. And then she walked in one day and her manager said, we've decided to go in a different direction like that. It was that fast. And she was with them for 23 years, never saw it coming. It completely blindsided her. And so the emotional trauma that she went through was really significant. And so for those people, here's what I would say, because I, I did go through this with her. What I would say is, you have to give yourself some time to to sort of understand what happened, to sit with it, to write about it, to you know get angry about it, scream. I mean, do whatever you can to get that negative energy out because it's a real blow when you know when when you're let go, um, especially when things have been going well and you had no idea that it was coming. It's also a real blow to to, to be you know sort of released from your duties when you hit like the magic number of fifty four or fifty five, which happens all too often in some of these really big companies out there. I think it's really tough and it can be quite scary for people. So the first thing is, you know, acknowledge what's happened. And if you need somebody to talk with about it, find a therapist. If you can write about it, do it, but get that energy out because until you do that, you can't have, you can't cultivate, you know, all the energy that 
will be required to create something on your own. Once you get to that place and you're sort of clear or more clear, then I think it's time to start asking yourself if you never, if you never have had the opportunity before, what do I love? What can I imagine myself doing for the next 20 years of my life because it brings me so much joy and because I have some aptitude for that thing? And then start right there. Anchor yourself there because my gosh, it's an opportunity to do, to write your story. So, and then the same set of instructions, I would say manifest it, start making a list. And I manifest in the positive, you know, who do I want to work with? Who do I want to serve? What do I want to do? And why does it matter? So anchor your thoughts in those three questions. And I think the path begins to unfold. And then, you know, talk with as many people as you can, network, ask questions, find a mentor. If you're in your 50s, find a mentor who's in their 20s. They have insight that they can share with you that is so very valuable, you know, and and just sink in and enjoy the ride. Look at it as an opportunity once you get to the other side of the pain. Well said. Cole, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today, sharing your story. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything that we've talked about or learn more or access any resources you may have, where's the best place for them to go? So there are a couple of places they can go to LinkedIn. They can find me there under Cole Baker Bagwell. And they can also just send me an email to Cole at CoolAudrey.com. Cole, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo. My guest has been the founder and kindness director of Cool Audrey, Cole Baker Bagwell. Thank you again, Cole, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was a delight to talk with you, David. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how to fulfill your purpose as an entrepreneur and much more. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.